Whiteboard Blues 2. Hmm. Guess that means I gotta go find Whiteboard Blues 1 at some point. Not the actual IWB this time, but the software. Teachers would use this to create lessons as a whiteboard-focused slash compatible presentation like a PowerPoint. A certain feature wasn't working for just two teachers, who just happened to be from one of the most technically astute and vocal teams in the college. They would literally complain for months about a feature that would shave off one click or second per action. Again, it's been a good few years, so details are a little hazy. This is to the best of my memory. After several nonsense calls, I get put through to third-line support. We have to arrange calls around the teacher and to be able to log in with his account on his office PC, so it takes a while to agree times for a session. The supplier being based in Canada, me in the UK. We try everything we can think of and are monitoring one particular log file, which for whatever reason was not helpful. Every time we run the faulty tool, it crashes out and nothing of use is written to the log. We have a few sessions over a week or so and fail to get any closer. Until one day, the teacher tells me it's all working and thank you. Huh? Me. Hi, thanks for trying again yesterday. Can I ask, did you realize you'd fix the issue on our last look? Third line support. What? No. It's working now? Me. Yes, I didn't realize either, but teacher has just called to say it's all good. Third line support. I don't know how that could be, but I'm glad it's fixed. Me. Well, the only thing I could think of is you deleted the log file yesterday and it started working. We suspect the tool was trying to write to the log file, couldn't, and bombed out. So there was no fault other than a non-error unable to be recorded? Deleting the file and allowing it to be recreated by the tool seems to have fixed it. Third line support. I... Okay, well, thanks very much for the feedback. I'll note it for the future. I confirmed by doing the same to the other teacher's log files. My manager said something like, Oh yeah, those two would have been the only ones we copied over their profiles during their file server migration permissions. Should have robocopied something something. Third line support and I spoke a few more times. He seemed to be genuinely grateful for the useful feedback and not mind me going to him directly for other issues that were very obviously above help desk level fixes. I try not to take things out on product support teams, no matter how frustrating it can be. Third line support became a sort of reminder what being civil and reciprocal can get you. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. This is r slash Jesus. What are you doing? Hey, get in your box. <laughs> anyway, this is Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. Cat's gonna cat, so, eh, let's get on with it. So, as you can tell by the hat, the disheveled beard, although the beard's kind of the same all the time, but anyway, uh, the dust... We've been, uh, we're still working on the dining room remodel, demolition. Actually, we're putting it all back together now. I have a little demolition to do on a doorway. Uh, not sure what I'm going to do there yet. Nice cat. And, uh, yeah, so I'll try to throw some pictures up here while I'm running my mouth about it so you can see the progress. And I never remember which channel I've posted pictures to already. So I'll try to do a, like a before and after and maybe a middle i don't know so anyway all right let's get into some more stories monkey accidentally summons a thousand typewriters note these events are based on a true story but have been tweaked for storytelling dramatic effect and protecting the identities of the guilty at my company we work with a lot of data real thick data exabytes of this stuff honestly we have a bit of a problem 
I'm pretty sure our execs snort lines of crushed up data instead of just doing cocaine like all the normal millionaires. While they're up in their tower huffing whatever comes out the other end of a 400G network cable, we have to actually figure out how to make sense of the mess. Anyone can collect data, but cleaning it, aggregating it, and turning it into something meaningful is an art. And yes, this is an art. It's subjective, open to interpretation, and the two teams with the exact same group of databases will produce widely diverging results depending on how they process it. Point is, doing big data right is hard. Part of doing it right is testing the quality of these enormous data sets and the tooling we build to process it. On this particular day, I was setting up a test for uniqueness on one of our larger data sets. We had changed the hash function used to index our records. The test itself was simple. Generate a hash based on the data and compare hashes to make sure no two hashes matched. Wow, that was hard to say. If we had any duplicate hashes, it would output all the matching hashes along with the original data so I could see if there was a collision or if someone had put a duplicate row into the data set. Some idiot on the engineering team, me, had been using a dummy hash function while setting up the test harness and forgot to swap it out for the real thing. The dummy code returned a simple XOR of the data with a max entropy of 8 bits. Production data was a few billion rows and processing would take a while. So the doofus on the engineering team, me, kicked off the test job on Friday before logging out for the weekend. Sunday night, I started seeing alerts from our monitoring system flooding in. I sent up a quick prayer for both the on-call and whatever poor sod on the engineering team was responsible for the mess. <laughs> Again, me. I thought nothing more of it and ate a nice steak dinner while enjoying the remainder of my weekend. On Monday, I come in to find that everything stopped over the weekend. Virtual machines, network services, serverless compute, databases, all of it went offline. I got to my desk, jumped on a call, and began the arduous process of working together with everyone to get my team's portion of services back online. Slowly, details trickle in from the infra with the investigation of the outage. A runaway script had consumed an ungodly amount of compute and storage, and since everything was hosted in the cloud, instead of running out of space, it just ran up the bill. One of the global billing monitors for the entire subscription had tripped, triggering a shutdown of all services. After we restored services, I got back to my tasks from the previous week. The output file from my job on Friday wasn't there, even though the job was marked as completed. As I dug into the logs, I saw, to my utter astonishment, it had written out enough data to give our entire C-suite a contact high off the fumes. Now I was nervous. A quick review of my code revealed the error. My dummy hash function caused the program to erroneously detect nearly everything as duplicate data. It then happily output all the duplicates it thought it saw, which was nearly everything. It did this for each individual record, resulting in a number of output rows roughly square relative to the input. The final file was roughly 8 petabytes. Holy cow! I'll leave as an exercise to the reader how much that would cost to store in Azure. All I'll say is that Infra's automatic billing shutoff was a last-line defense to extreme cost overruns. Emphasis on extreme, I'm sure. Thankfully, the fallout was minimal since it was a stupid but innocent error. As a punishment, I received a slap on the wrist from my manager. My punitive task was being made to design and implement changes to our infrastructure so runaway test jobs couldn't consume endless resources, as well as separating out billing for test and production. Sorry. Honestly, my manager's manager probably had it worse since they had to go to the C-suite and ask for more operations budget. I'd love to say there was a lesson here, but I can't find one. We didn't learn anything new. We just didn't put up guardrails until someone drove the truck off the proverbial cliff. 
If anything, seeing my boss actually have my back was the biggest lesson here. I know through the grapevine there was a lot of kerfuffle about the extra spending, but I never felt the impact personally. Yeah, if you didn't have any direct uh, fallout from this, then your manager really does have your back. I could see that anything to do with budget, I don't care what the company or business type is, if you blew out your budget, then you're screwed, generally speaking. So if you still got your job, got a general slap on the wrist, this guy went to bat for you, which means that you do a good job for him as well. So good on you. By the way, this is another tipsy tales from tech support. Uh, I'm just by myself today. The cat was here, abandoned me. My daughter was here, abandoned me. Everybody's tired. The remodel's just kind of wearing everybody out. But anyway, I like the stories. Hopefully you do too. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another router story. M had been complaining off and on about internet in her home. M's husband is a therapist and has been doing everything virtual since COVID. Some days the connection is really bad. He resorts to tethering to his phone. M also has to log in to work and use Citrix to create a session and she was complaining of constant freezing and lag. If the two try to do something together, forget about it. This is despite paying for a speed that is, I believe, four or 600 megabytes per second. I never got involved. She knows I know about tech and had asked me what router to get a few years ago, so I had recommended the Google Wi-Fi mesh routers, but never specifically asked me to look into this yet. Also, it should be noted, M told me she had a long, narrow home so I told her to position all three units on the main floor and it would get to the second floor and basement without issue. I didn't understand why M and her husband were having issues. Cut to a few weeks ago when M texts me about how the company, rhymes with Tom last, sent a guy over who looked at the line going to the house and in the house and said nothing wrong on their end and that she will have to get an official modem rather than the one she bought herself because hers is no longer supported. Sounds familiar, right? So she was asking me which modem to get. I asked her to do a speed test using the Google Home app. It's like 450 megabytes per second. Obviously modem and subsequently the main router is getting great speeds. I explained to her that the issue isn't the modem, but it's strange her connection is so bad. So we agreed to do a FaceTime session later at night when our respective kids go to sleep. So we get on FaceTime and I ask her to give me a tour of where her routers are. I've never been to her house. The modem in the main router is in the very front of the home, inside an entertainment center. I tell her she's greatly diminishing her internet speeds by putting the router inside the unit rather than letting it sit on top, so she moves it out. Then on to unit two. It turns out the house isn't as long as I thought, and the second unit is in the dining room, which is maybe 10 to 12 feet away, in the corner, under a giant buffet table made of solid wood. Yeah, move that up, Em, and take me to the third unit. The third unit is another 10 feet away, laterally, and is placed underneath a large and heavy sofa. <laughs> yes, move that up too. We discussed how all these objects and corner placement was hurting the radio signal being sent out. She walked up to the second floor where her husband's office was and now the speeds were over 250 megabytes per second. Success! She did sort of get angry at herself saying she should have just realized that this was a factor. She just didn't realize it could be such a large factor, she said. 
I asked her for an update a few days later and she said they haven't had any issues since moving things up and out. I understand the Tom last agent didn't look at the satellite routers, but he did come in and see the modem in the main router unit, but never suggested moving it out of the entertainment unit. Maybe that person is more of a line expert and not as knowledgeable about home Wi-Fi issues. Anyway, a simple fix, move the router up and let it spread its wings. We have that problem here sometimes, especially as many times as we <laughs> remodel things, rearrange rooms and furniture. Sometimes it's not always possible to have the router and modem out in the open or out of the corner. Usually it's one or the other. And uh, like right now, everything's in the corner, the front corner of the house. And I have a fairly square-ish house, but there is one first floor addition in the back of the house. And, you know, so I have the Google Nest, Wi-Fi, whatever. And I've got everything placed pretty evenly. The problem is when you've got so many plaster walls in this house, wire mesh in the archways, it's that old Art Deco 1920s plaster archway. Um... <laughs> So the wire mesh going through the doorways really screws things up. Plaster is bad enough by itself, but add a metal Faraday cage in every doorway and yeah. So anyway, yeah, now that we ripped that one wall out and widened another doorway, the signals have gotten much better because it's almost impossible in this house to do anything line of sight. So yeah, got to kind of play, play with distances and angles and usually it all works out. But software update causes a panic. For context, I'm not in the U.S. So yesterday was a regular working day for us. I had to work until 9 p.m. to finish an upgrade for a customer. It was a classic situation where they had been using an ancient, depreciated version of our software because it works fine until everything broke in seven different ways and they admitted they had been having issues for years and maybe installing the newest version wasn't such a bad idea after all. The director of the company was especially worried about some scheduled tasks that run every morning and load yesterday's data into the software. They kept repeating they have 300 users who log into the software at 9 a.m. and need the data to work. It was a bit tricky to migrate all the tasks created with the old software, but in the end we did it and all the tests were fine. I logged off around 9 p.m. and was looking forward to a late start this morning. The director called at 7 a.m. this morning in a panic, wanting to know why they couldn't see yesterday's data and how come the scheduled tasks had not run. Their scheduled tasks run at 7.30 a.m. But hey, at least I wasn't the one who had to handle the influx of tickets from the users. This thing changed. What's wrong? Sir, ma'am, there was a software upgrade. We sent out emails last week and yesterday and also this morning explaining what would change. Well, I saw your email, read the subject. Do you expect me to read the entire email as well? Yeah, it's amazing how many people won't read a full text message, email, you name it. You know, you give people information and they just totally... Sometimes I'll stand there with my kids and say, okay, sweep up the dining room. And somehow they forget that once you sweep it into a pile, you've got to put it into a dustpan to get rid of the stuff you swept up. And sometimes even the first instruction, you know, sweep gets lost somehow. And they end up like getting the broom out and setting it down and leaning against the wall. And then nothing on the job happens. I, I don't know. Anyway, nobody listens. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.